But welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. Today, we have Robert Bill Jr. as our guest. Um, happy to have Rob on. We have a lot of the same ideas, especially as far as uh, men's development and integration and growth goes, especially with the modern man and how difficult life can be for the modern man. So I'm excited to have you on, Rob. I'm excited to be here. I read through the first four chapters of your book, um, the beginning of this week. And, uh, and I love it so far. And it's so funny because I'm in the process of uh, publishing my newest book. It's so similar, man. It's like it's like I'm reading similar words spoken a different way. And I, I love it because you even hit on some points that I was like, fuck, I should put that in my book. <laughs> so I loved it, man. It was awesome. What struck you, man? I, what resonated with you? For one, I mean, so you you called it primal masculinity in one part and that I was like like I fucking love that term right there that term like I reread that paragraph several times because I was like that resonates so well with what we do need to get back to can you explain the primal masculinity for our listeners yes yeah I am so much about language language is really important uh language is how we understand the world it's how we build and construct our our filters in our brain and uh, language is so important, and it <laughs> we learn it as kids, but we we overlook that what the word spelling actually means. When yes. we're spelling a word, we're casting spells. A spell is a word or a combination of words of great power or influence. It doesn't mean anything magical, although it can be. Uh, but it's so important for us to actually pay attention to the language that we use as men, as people in the world. And when I'm writing the book, I'm really really working on being so intentional with that the word primal in its original intention is really harking back to the original form primal is the, the primordial form the original form so when i'm talking about primal masculinity what it means to be a primal man it's really getting back to our original uh construction our original intention or if you look at it another way it's just rebooting our hard drive yeah absolutely. we got a lot of viruses in <laughs> we got a lot yeah. of viruses <laughs> in the computer right now and the antivirus is clearly not working at least the <laughs> antivirus that we've installed in our society and it's time to really just totally wipe the whole thing and start over but there's a really important part with that in that that leads us to get connected to what's called the wild man the wild yeah. man and if anyone's ever read iron john by robert Bly, that's you want to learn about the wild man you want to learn about your primal masculine potential that's where you need to go because he walks you through a myth called the iron man or uh, not iron man that's ozzy uh <laughs> iron john <laughs> iron man's great too and uh the wild man mythologically is covered in hair, head to toe, that wild primalness. Even myself, I trim the hair on my arms. We need to reconnect to that because what we're doing is re, re, we are rejecting our nature as men. So reconnecting to the primal. And then as Jordan Peterson says, we have to be an absolute animal, an absolute beast, a monster and learn how to control it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because Shutting that stuff that stuff down is a recipe for disaster, just as being an absolute monster in a society that it's not necessary anymore. That's also a problem. Yeah. So returning us to the primal masculine is really the hard drive reboot, wiping the system because there's a virus in the system and we're in trouble. And two, reconnecting to our wild man inside of us and learning how to control that so we yeah. can actually move forward and really experience a world that we have never experienced yet where men can be ascendant at the same time as yeah. women and i'm going to shut up in a second but a lot of people when they they hear that they're like oh well men are going to be ascendant i think about domination i think about patriarchy but that word patria it means father and father it comes from here. I love my little boy, man. Yeah. I'd never do anything to hurt him. Same thing with my daughter that's on yeah. the way. That 
along with matriarchy, they go together and they come from heart. And so getting back to our primal masculine, our wild masculine, rebooting that system, and then learning to balance that wildness with the heart yeah. is really the recipe for, for moving forward as men. And we've lost so much of that. And I'm going to shut up <laughs> and zip for a second and let everyone breathe. <laughs> let you breathe. Oh, I love that, dude. And congratulations on the daughter coming. I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. You keep saying the the wild man, and it's so funny because the title of my book is Rewilding the Modern Man that's that's getting ready to release. So that's really special. Um, I love what you're talking about with the fatherly love and rebalancing that because I believe deeply in that same exact thing. Like the yin and yang is, you know, you can look at it like the masculine and the feminine. If you don't have both in perfect balance, then you have disorder and that disorder always causes chaos. And we're at a point where in our society, the feminine side of that is very powerful right now on the masculine side. It's very weak, very docile. It's very deeply hurt, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. And so I love that. And so I know that you also have a men's yoga transformation. And that was kind of, if I'm not wrong, that was like the beginning of the book that you have coming out was basically kind of trying to get men back in touch with their divine masculinity, getting grounded in sunshine, taking care of themselves from a quantum biological level, all the way to a spiritual, physical level, right? So can you walk us through what led you to men's yoga transformation in the first place? And then we'll slowly get into the book. Yeah, it's a it's a long story. So we're going to go on a, <laughs> That's a awesome. journey. I love stories. Shag, classic <laughs> shaggy dog story. So, uh, about a year and a half ago, I opened up my first round of men's yoga transformation. And uh, throughout 200,000 years of our evolution, and all the things that we deal with from before that, we can talk about lobsters later too. Um, <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Why, why, why are we talking about lobsters, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and chimps and bonobo, bonobos and baboons and all that fun stuff. I love but, it. I love it. Uh, through 200,000 years, we develop a really, really strong, really powerful, heroic intelligence. Why? Well, nothing personally, but our frames are built with more musculature and we can generate more strength, more power, more speed, all of that stuff that makes us uniquely qualified to go hunt and take down really dangerous animals that don't want to die. Yeah, be so, the provider and the protector. <laughs> right? Yes. And... There's nothing, nothing personal to anybody. Yeah. And that's what we've done for the majority of our existence as human beings up until the last couple hundred years. Uh, so because of that, we develop particular ways of being as men. And one of them is that heroism, that courage to step into the unknown and to face fear, false evidence appearing real, head on, and to overcome it and put yourself in harm's way and they did it in a very intentional way i imagine 200,000 yeah, sure. years ago 100,000 years ago 10,000 years ago versus what we do now because you are a really important asset to the tribe you have to be able to come back because if you are putting yourself at risk to the point where you're going to die well they just lost a really valuable hunter that yeah. would be stupid <laughs> <laughs> so as men we've developed this heroic intelligence to really help us step out and do those things that are scary they're really scary and uh along that development uh we have unfortunately repressed a lot of the brakes like we're really good at pushing the gas and going getting shit done we have a really hard time with slowing down and acknowledging like oh i am scared because yeah. that's a really important, that's a really, really important feeling. It is. That's yeah. telling you something. Yeah. And that's just one example, but so many of us shove that down. And we ain't even encourage it in our boys. We're like, go play football, you know, go put yourself in harm's way. And yeah, you got injured, but good job. And that's <laughs> ridiculous as well. Yeah. But we carry that as boys into adulthood. And unless we're putting ourselves in, high risk situations, which there's a whole testosterone and serotonin thing about risk. We just don't feel like we're being men. Yeah. But 
we rewind back to you know living in tribal situations the elders were there the men were there to help really uh initiate us into manhood and part of that was helping us understand you have to have health intelligence you absolutely have to take care of your body why because if you're out there in the field trying to take down a mammoth <laughs> your body is your <laughs> most important tool yeah, and weapon absolutely but we we've lost contact with that we've totally lost that concept because we've been separated from what masculinity and femininity truly are and body to us represents the feminine yeah and so why would i take care of the body when i can dominate it which is just an immature immature impulse of adolescent masculinity of teenage masculinity so we've lost our ability to take care of ourselves. We don't know how to be our own mommies anymore. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. And that's what you do as a teenager. You're like, yeah. if any men are listening to this, you you remember a time when you're like, mom, stop. Yeah. It's too much. Don't kiss me in front of everybody. Don't <laughs> hug me. Leave me alone yeah. because I'm my own man. You, yeah. We we reject that. And that's, that's a hormonal thing. Yeah. It's a psychological development thing. But our culture doesn't help us learn because we don't yeah. have wise men anymore how to actually become our own mother that's yeah. what we need yeah. we have to awaken the anima is what i call her that character within ourselves so that we can learn how to take care of our own health and remember your body is your absolute most effective tool and weapon for you to go about your life and to create yeah. change and to live and to love two oh, the body is full of emotions man i don't want to feel that yeah what are yeah. emotions in our current cultural construct? They are the realm of the feminine. And as boys, we've learned to suppress and repress those things because they are weak, which they are not. Yeah. Because the feminine is the water that our masculine boat floats on. And that go, yeah. water, that ocean will come up and absolutely destroy you with no mercy. She is beautiful, but she's as brutal as she is beautiful. But we've lost We've lost that. So we repress emotions within ourselves as men too, because yeah. we're like, ah, oh, that's weak. And I need to be a hero. I need to go and I need to do this thing. I need to suck it up. And in the process, we cause ourselves physical pain, working out too hard in the gym, trying to get a world record or a personal record on your <laughs> CrossFit wad. And then it's like, ah, oh, my knee, I can't work out for six months, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And then you can't work out ever again. <laughs> um, or workaholism. Yeah. working ourselves to death you know i'll sleep when i'm dead well you will because you're <laughs> gonna die 10 years sooner than people that don't yeah. do that yeah, you'll get a little more sleep. <laughs> uh, and also repressing our emotions those stay in the body they get trapped this book your body keeps the score that trauma that emotional trauma that happens whether it's capital t car accident or little t like something happened in your life that was just out of alignment with your expectations you took it personally that gets trapped mm -hmm. in the body unless you learn how to release it unless you learn how to let it go yeah and when that gets trapped you have this little stress response that just keeps running in the background and it's like an application on your phone or your computer we can uh, you can open up task manager that was it on, that's what it was on microsoft and be yeah. like oh this is taking 10 percent of my battery yeah. but the more that we ignore those things there's things, little things like, yeah, you know what? My wife keeps doing this thing and it it kind of hurts me inside when she says that thing to me. Yeah. And we don't we don't acknowledge it when it's our, in ourselves. That's number one. Two, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to feel it. Three, we don't bring it to the table with in, in a loving and compassionate way. That 10% battery drain starts going up 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 until it absolutely wrecks your health and that sh shows up in, in cardiovascular disease heart disease uh depression yeah out of women are 75 percent of the people that are likely to be diagnosed with depression but men are 75 percent of the people that commit suicide yeah because men are unwilling to go out for the help whereas women they go for the help a lot sooner than we're unable to because we haven't been taught how to yeah. do it as kids or as boys, you know, the standard initiation time was the age of seven. That's when the boy was taken away from the mother. Some some tribes made it this really big thing. They didn't yeah. tell the boys it was coming. They'd come, they'd come take the boys in the middle of the night. The mom knew it was coming. 
and she'd put up a fight. She'd do her best acting job. The mothers would run out to the bridge with like spears, like we're going to fight those old men and take you back. And then when the boys were gone, they were like, huh, you, did, do you think they bought it? <laughs> and they would take those boys and initiate them into manhood yeah. and teach yeah. them all of these things. Yeah, I, I remember we, reading what, the Hatsa or the Maasai, one of those tribes, like at like three years old, the boys know how to draw a bow and can hit a target like 10 mm-hmm. yards away. It was, it was at the age of five, I think, that the samurai boys received their first their first real blade. I think yeah, it was a dull I, blade. It's a dull blade. Before that, they had a wooden blade that they'd carry around, so that they could learn yeah. the responsibility that comes along with that. Yeah, well, and you're uh, absolutely right. Being able to, because all those little emotions and energies that we hold on to, what happens is they explode eventually. Like you said, that that water that our boat is on turns into this tsunami, this hurricane, and just wrecks your whole life and if you don't get a control on that that's just what you're going to deal with and it's going to happen over and over again every time you explode you release a little bit of that bullshit but not all of it and then a couple weeks later like you said something triggers you if you want to use that word and then you explode again and it just happens cyclically over and over and over again if you don't ever stop it so i love i love that Absolutely. It's, it all comes down to having a, an over, overly sympathetic or, over, excuse me, overly stressed nervous system. And if you never take the time to turn in and be like, what does my body feel like? Instead, if you're used to just telling it to shut up so you can go dominate somebody else, something else, dominate yourself, you lose the ability to feel those things. It's, it's a psychological condition called alexithemia. Mm. And when you repress things enough, you shove down your emotions enough, or you had a big trauma as a kid and you, you're, you block that out, you lose the ability to feel your own feelings, emotions. You also then lose the ability to feel the feelings and emotions of other people. So it's a really big problem in a relationship. Because you cannot feel those things, you can't act on them. Yeah. Your house is on fire, but mm. you, you can't see it or smell it. So you're just sitting there continuing to do the same things over and over and over. And when you can't pick up on those signals, mentally, emotionally, physically, then you can't do anything about them. Yeah. And instead of being able to manage or respond within a situation, you react impulsively you're either going to overreact and be like shit i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't have said that i should not have thrown my phone across the room or you're going to completely numb out and just go into freeze mode yeah and this is what so many people so many men are experiencing and because we don't have brotherhoods anymore let's see i just had this up on the book of knowledge uh men have very very lost their their close friendships absolutely they've absolutely. lost their close friendships and we don't have people to talk to anymore yeah and so yeah. we don't have that method of self-regulation either we don't have other people who can say yeah man i've been there yeah it's like just okay. just to bounce feelings off of like yeah but we're talking about emotions so just to bounce off the i feel like shit you know whatever just the camaraderie is totally gone. My wife and I talk about this all the time in the in the yoga community, in the spiritual community, in the helping each other with the shit that you've gone through community. It is well, probably 90% or better women in that community for men is very small. And it's even looked at, like if you were to mention to a man that he should uh, maybe go talk to somebody about what he's got going on, that is totally scuffed at 100%. And I worked in blue collar for the last dozen years. And so I can verify that even myself, I would have been like, I'm not going to fucking therapy. Are you kidding me? What am I, some kind of bitch? I'm not doing that. And I can, I can say probably 99% of the men I worked with also had that same mentality. And that's like you said a minute ago, that's what we've been taught. That's what we've been taught our whole lives is that a man is supposed to be solely responsible for himself. And of course his family, but nobody is, is supposed to be responsible for him, for helping him at all. There's like no room for codependence on anybody or anything in this world. It's all on you. It's on your back. And if you can't carry the weight, well, then you're not much of a fucking man. 
And that's just how it is. <laughs> and it's sad because when we used to have camaraderie, like even if you think like back to high school and high school sports, probably the last time that most men ever have that type of camaraderie is a high school sport that they played in. And those are probably some of the best moments of their life when they were hanging out with the boys, they were doing their thing. They were fucking with each other. They were laughing they were crying. They were winning. They were losing all these things with their group of men. That's almost entirely gone. Once you've gotten out of high school, college, you know, whatever you do after that, that's, it disappears for a lot of men. And the amount of friendships or, the percentage of men that have at least six close friends has dropped by 50% from 1990 to 2021. We just don't have other men that we live in relation with anymore. And we're meant to be tribal creatures, no matter how attractive the lone man in the wilderness is or the the little house on the prairie, the little family Mm -hmm. sticking it out alone is like, we're just not built for that. If you lived in a tribe and they kicked you out, they kicked your family out, you guys are dead. It doesn't matter how good you are, you're done. Um, and you bringing this all together, this is what I was experiencing. Uh, around 2015, I was working in corporate fitness, as an assistant manager uh, on the pathway to become a department head, to run, run my own personal training department. It's really cool. It's a sexy job. I made a lot of money. I had a cool title. Uh, just getting married and bought a car that everyone else around me had. So I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> and <laughs> I got out of work early one day when we were supposed to have a whole staff meeting to go over all the people that we just signed up for memberships, you know, who's responsible for each person, all that stuff, who's bringing in what money. And I'm driving my car and I'm like, it feels like I'm sprinting right now feels like I'm spreading right away. I cannot breathe. And I started to feel that heart rate, that high heart rate, that pounding heart rate, that strong heart beat. And I was like, I think this is panic. I think this is panic. This is what this is. And that was the moment where I was like, I need to change something because I can't keep getting up at five in the morning to work out, go to work, work until 9 p.m., come home, pass out on the couch with my wife, which we really only saw each other for like 10 or 15 minutes because by the time <laughs> that we sat down, we were really asleep yeah. and then get up and do it again tomorrow, yeah. working in a job where my passion is helping people become the best version of themselves. But as an assistant manager in fitness, it's not about fitness. It's about money. Yeah. at least where I worked. And I won't mention the place that I worked because they, they really set me up really well for success. I learned a lot from them, but this is what happens. And you end up, and I'm sure you can encounter this in other places as well. You end up working for something that's out of alignment with your heart. I don't give a shit about how much money a corporation makes. I want to help people. <laughs> yeah. But when I have people coming at me about dollar amounts and I'm just trying to help people, that felt really out of alignment for me. And then when you're not making a budget, when you're not earning a certain amount of dollars, when your profession is built for really something else, which is helping people, and you end up having to stay till 10, 11 o'clock at night, when you're you're not a salesman, but you're a salesman. Yeah. Like that's that's a big, uh, that's a big intrusion into your work-life balance yeah and a lot of dudes are experiencing this now oh yeah and you're trying to help other people better their lives but at the same Mm -hmm. time your life is getting ruined trying to do so yeah and my (laughs) coping mechanisms for that were uh eat keto during the week and then have one or two binge nights like i mean i ate a whole sleeve a whole box of girl scout cookies got some five guys on the way home mashed that down got really drunk all (laughs) weekend and then got up and went back that's not healthy that's not healthy and it's not a way to cope with this stuff. And mm-hmm. as men, that's what we learn in terms of coping with stress rather than, oh, I should probably take a breath right here or I need to stretch because I'm carrying tension in this space or I have a headache because I'm clenching my jaw. I should probably massage my jaw and relax <laughs> my body uh, or maybe I should quit this job. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel so, you. That was the moment that led me to begin meditating, 
to begin doing breath work, heard about this crazy guy, Wim Hof, started taking cold uh-huh. showers, started doing breath work, started meditating for five minutes a day. Uh, my coworkers were like, why do you sit outside with no clothes on in the winter in the woods? Because <laughs> they'd pull into work and be like, is that robber or a homeless guy? <laughs> uh, so I became known as that guy. And after <laughs> a little bit of time, that revealed to me that what I was doing was out of alignment with my heart. Yeah. And because I was taking time to slow down, I could actually hear those voices. They weren't yelling at me, making me anxious in the car when I was trying to ignore them. Yeah. I actually created space to listen. And then I was able to go to my regional manager and be like, hey, man, John, this is this is not for me anymore. I want I want to change something. But I also, a man, I don't want to put you guys in a bad position. And he was like, dude, go. <laughs> he was like, I support you. So he gave me permission to, to change places I was working. Oh, really? Where, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then at that place, I felt comfortable. It's better management structure for me tried to do the department head thing, tried to run my own department. And that just ran me into more of the bureaucracy, more of the corporatism, more of money. And I was like, eh, because I was meditating at that time. I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. You, where are they going to do it my way? Which is why you guys asked me to be in this position. Or I'm not going to do it at all. So I just gradually, a couple months at a time, stepped my way down the management hierarchy until... Uh, I was at like the very lowest management level position and my regional boss was like, hey, Rob, uh, the other people are working 14 hour days. Uh, what do you think about doing something like that? And I was like, Jess, mm-hmm. I just told you I'm not working more than seven hours a day because I'm <laughs> taking an hour break. And this is exactly why we were talking and I can't work with you anymore. <laughs> and then I was like, cool, I'm going to be frontline team member. And at that point, <laughs> Uh, I had, was deep in the meditation, deep in a breath work. Coworkers and other people were coming to me like, dude, you've changed so much. You're so much more calm. And we actually just want to stand around you because <laughs> your presence is just calming. And I was like, yeah, just come stand with me. And <laughs> me being overly intellectual, I was like, let me go get certified in this stuff. Let me yeah. learn actually how to teach meditation for real versus what most yoga teachers do, which is follow your breath. Yes, yes. Terrible cue. Uh, <laughs> let me learn how to actually te- teach breath work, the advanced stuff, which is the most boring thing that you've ever done, yeah. and the sexy beginner's level stuff like Wim Hof style. It yeah. feels great. Yeah. Uh, and then once I got out, I was like, well, I'm just going to start making my own thing here within this corporate atmosphere. COVID happened, and I was like, cool, let's go. I started my own business. And Men's Yoga Transformation at the end of that was putting together everything that I've learned over the course of that five, six, seven year journey, everything that I struggled through and stumbled through on my own into a 12 week accelerated program. So nobody has to stumble through this stuff on their own. Men do not have to relearn how to be a self leader, how to regulate your own nervous system so you can calm yourself. You don't have to do it on your own. I'm going to teach you. Men don't have to relearn how to feel their emotions. Well, what is it? And what does that feel like? Where is it? And if I just be with it for a second, what is it telling me? You don't have to figure that out on your own. That's what I do inside of the mm-hmm. program. Three, you don't have to walk into a yoga class that's not built for you. Yeah. yeah. Yoga is a really huge part of my transformation. I haven't even talked about it yet because it was mm-hmm. such a, a big part, but such a minimal part at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a, an athlete in high school, we talked about hockey. I just kept pushing. I was like, I want something to compete in. Did Olympic lifting, did Olympic lifting competition, and then couldn't walk. Why? Because I had imbalances and I ignored those signals from my body. Yeah. And what I did then, because I was aware enough for the meditation of breath work, I was like, I need to take a break. I need to stretch. So I started doing all these crazy stretches that you learn as a trainer, corrective exercise. And then after about four months of that, I went to a yoga class and I was like, what I've been doing this whole time is yoga. And I felt really stupid because for years, years, people, women, 
were like, you need to go try yoga. And I was like, no, dude, I don't need to go do yoga. That looks stupid. And <laughs> there's nothing for your back in there. It's all, it's all imbalanced training, but I was so wrong. I was so wrong. <laughs> so inside of the work that I do, I bring all the mental and emotional tools that we are missing, all the health intelligence that we are missing as men because of our warped view of what masculinity and femininity is, what it means to be a man. And bringing yoga to men in the way that it was designed. Yoga was designed for male bodies to begin with. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Bringing it to men in the way that it was designed so that we can really feel it, connect to it, and resonate with it, and then enjoy the benefits of it. Yeah. Yoga is not just postures. That's one out of eight pieces of it. It's a code of honor. Five codes for controlling your destructive behaviors five codes for creating constructive patterns in your life then then you got movement and originally it was just like here's your meditation posture here's where you're going to sit there weren't all these crazy long flowy classes no handstands anything like that it was just <laughs> like your asana practice yogi is to yeah. sit in meditation yeah. and then breath work yeah and then moving up into the meditation, which meditation is a terrible word. It doesn't tell you anything. The yogis have two words for it. One is concentration. And one is effortless concentration or union with the divine. And then you move up into samadhi, which is called nirvana or realization of your fullest potential. That's what my program leads you through. It's not the full thing, but just the first four. Yeah. The, the code of honor that men need so, so much in this current day and age, the movements to help reclaim your body and get out of this thing, get out of your head, get out of the cultural story and back into your body. I mentioned alexithemia, how we lose the ability to feel in our bodies. That helps you overcome that. All of a sudden you can feel what's happening in your body. You can respond to the check engine lights that your body's giving you about your physical body, about your inner health. You can respond to the, the crazy chattering monkey mind that you don't take time to listen to. All of a sudden you can see that and be like, oh, it's trying to tell me something. You can respond to the emotions because you're back in your body through that movement practice. And you can use self-leadership tools. All of a sudden you get to lead yourself instead of your emotions leading yourself. Yeah. And you get to become an uncommon man who is self-leader versus the common man who is living at the whims of his impulses and living out the story of the culture that's around him, which is what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you know what? <laughs> this is hard. Life is scary sometimes because I'm living at the edge, but it is so much more rewarding. 100% more rewarding. I, I can align with what you're saying almost identically for the, the last 12 years until about two months ago, I worked a hundred hour weeks, sometimes much more than that. There was 36 hour long shifts. There was, there was incredibly arduous work. It was manual labor. There was a, a lot of calculations and formulas while dangerous shit was going on. It was like high stress, extremely high stress. And just like you, as you start to build a family, something happens inside you, inside of that primal masculine that tells you that something's a little more fucking important than what you have going on. And when you start to listen to yourself, you start to listen to that, your own intuition, you start to put some pieces together for your puzzle and go, the suffering that I'm going through, for one, it's it's not just me that's suffering. My wife is suffering. My children are suffering. The people around me are suffering because I'm angry. I'm overworked. I'm tired. I'm, you know, all of these things. However you handle your emotions, likely you're projecting that out on the entire world around you. And as a father, you that's the last thing you want to do. The whole reason that you work so hard is to protect and provide for the ones you love, not hurt them with the shitty way that you feel because of the way that you're trying to provide and protect, but because the way that the common man is, especially in our country and our society is that's what we think we're supposed to do. And so we just keep piling it on 
dealing with it, dealing with the aches, the pains, the no sleep, the sleep deprivation, all the all the pain, all the all the emotions. And we just keep doing it day in and day out. And I did the same thing. Uh probably five years ago, I found Wim Hof, same as you. And I was like, oh dude, this guy's fucking awesome. And so I started doing cold plunges, just like just like you said, started doing breath work. Um Caitlin was working out at this gym and she would take me to yoga classes every now and then. I had the same idea that you had about yoga. Like that, you know, I played minor league football as yoga's for girls. I'm way too manly for that. Started going and was like, wow, yoga's much more than I thought it was. For one, there's this meditative part of yoga, the spiritual part of yoga that I loved. And I needed that in my life big time. Didn't even know I needed it. But when she started going to these yoga classes and taking me with, I was like, man, that's, I really need to engage in this more often. It makes me feel good. I'm releasing some of the shitty ways that I feel. This is helping me in a lot of ways. And so that path just kept, it just kept going. And obviously, you know, the further you travel down that spiritual path, the more path is in front of you, right? It doesn't seem like there's a true end to it. You just continue opening doors and revealing new sides of yourself. And I was I was making phenomenal money doing what I was doing, but it never seemed like it was worth it still. You know, like you said, had had all the things, you know, that I, that I thought that I wanted, but was never fulfilled. And my family was the same way. And so it was as slowly as I started to open doors, I started to realize that what I was doing was not progressive. It was not proactive in any way towards like a true source purpose purpose or for uh for the good of myself and for my family and so I had that same realization that was like okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna start not taking the calls to go on these jobs I'm gonna start taking some days off and as I started to do that I started to do it more and more and eventually about uh, about two months ago I had actually had a had a spiritual enlightenment moment and I said you know what I'm tired of being you know this slave that's chasing something that is not rewarding it's painful there's a lot of things that I want to do that I need to do that my family wants and needs to do but I'm not able to do it and I did the same thing you did where I like very dirtily guided myself through this reading as many books as I could diving into as much info as I could and trying to see what works for me and what doesn't and so I think it was last year you and I were talking about the men's yoga transformation. I thought it was cool as fuck that you had basically taken all that information, all the the dirty ways that you had went through, what didn't work, what did work, and you compacted it into one program that you could give out to men in the same situation and help them get to where they needed to be without all the dirty way. <laughs> Life's short. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't, sure. you don't have to figure all this shit out on your own. No. <laughs> you can't. It, no, you can't. you can't. I did it. You did it. You don't have to, though. It's hard. It's hard. And a lot of people don't, they won't take it that far. They'll try it for a couple months and then they'll fall right off and, and go through the same cycle, you know, in a couple years. Next New Year's resolution, they'll say, I'm going to fix this. And then yeah. next, and then the March after that, they gave up again. <laughs> today's the day man you know when i was going through meditation teacher training it was it was such an interesting interesting time i don't think there's a lot of meditation teacher trainings that exist uh that are classical that, that come from a, a lineage which i think is important but it's not important for everyone and there was a moment in there where it was just this i had this realization that maybe i had a dream i don't know it was like I was sitting in the audience and I was sitting in these old theater chairs and they're like red velvet chairs. It's kind of smelly old theater. And I was watching mm -hmm. a play and I realized that the play that I was watching was my own life. It's in my own mind. Wow. And that at any moment I could just change the story. I, like I don't that. have to sit here. I don't have to sit here and just be like, well, same shit, different day. Uh, that's life. No. Yes, I'm a co-creator. I don't get to create everything on my own. That's the meaning of the yogi mantra, aham, brahmasmi. I'm the creative principle. I get to create my own reality in conjunction with the people around me. 
at any point I get to step into onto the stage in my own life and actually change the story. This is your movie. I'm in my movie. At any point you can make the change. We get so addicted. Well, one, that knowledge is taken away from us. So we, we just imagine that we're robots in the an assembly line. Yeah. Uh, and two, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a scary it's a scary thing. And we get we get addicted to the the drama turgy, the drama of it, all the 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 feelings, the emotions, the hormones, the the thrill of just doing what we've always done. Yeah. And those things. And you know, we get to be our own actors, we get to be our own heroes in our own story. Yeah, so basically, you're a normal person. <laughs> I went... think so. I don't know. You have... <laughs> yes, my wife should tell you something very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you there. <laughs> so then at what point did, like, the men's yoga transformation, like, developing that and putting all that together, like, when did that turn into, I need to write a book, you know, because you're, what, the the way of holistic strength is that is that going to remain the title you think once you get it published maybe maybe title. That. we're going to see you know this is a i'm i'm a very strong proponent proponent of value for value systems yeah. so really I, I have 50 test readers for my sfd it's a shitty first draft uh, that I'm publishing <laughs> on Substack. you looking yeah. at this i'll give you the link you can go yeah. read that yeah you can go read all the whole thing and drop your comments in there because this is not for me. This is for you. This yeah. is for you. And the more feedback I get, the better that I make it for you listening to this or for your man. If you're a woman listening to this and you're like, man, I wish my, my, my husband, my boyfriend, uh, my wife, who's, uh, who's embodying masculine polarity would do this stuff. That's the way to check it out. And two, the title is whatever you make it. <laughs> the title is what you make it. I am open to taking uh, recommendations from everyone who's reading it because it's not for me. Yeah. I have to go out of my way to change my language because my language is very up here. I want to mm. live in hippie yoga land. But nobody, <laughs> nobody, when they're first coming to this, is going to gonna yeah. pick that up. That's yeah, gonna be hard so to resonate with. That. I'll tell you the I'll tell you the secret that when you walk out of here and you tell people about this book, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. The first rule of this book is you don't talk about what it is. You don't talk about the four letters that start with Y and end with A. You don't tell anyone about that. You read the book, and you're not gonna find those four letters anywhere in the book until the very very end. <laughs> and you ultimately, <laughs> as you go through that, you are going to determine what does this mean to me? Is this the way of the uncommon man? Is this the way of the primal man? Is this the way of holistic or integrated strength? What is this? Yeah, I'm feeling the way of the uncommon man, but we're going to see what you and other people uh, are also feeling. And you know, like I said, I believe in value for value. So just like there are podcasts out there and you donate a certain amount, you are the producer for this. You put that at IMDB, I'm going to run my book the same way. So people yeah. that really contribute are going to be editors that you can put on, not IMDB, but LinkedIn. You can put that stuff in there. I'll put you in the book. If you're like, man, I want to learn all this stuff, but I also want this customized to me. You've got to reach out to me on that. <laughs> I like, I, like, like I said, this this past week, I dove into the first four chapters of the book and I read through them and I've seen, I like that, the Substack idea. I didn't know that this existed until you were, you told me that that's how you were, you know, at, like basically editing your very first uh, rough draft, the shitty first drafts, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, is, that's a great idea that people can look at it and then they can give you their input on it. That's, that's really cool. Also, it could be a little stressful. I know that for one, writing a book, um, for anyone who's listening, if you have an idea for a book, just go fucking write it because it is, you're going to learn a lot about yourself when you write a book. I've, I've learned a lot about myself in writing books. And I know that while you're writing your book, you're like, you're finding things out about yourself that maybe you didn't know that you can't even find certain things just through meditating. But when you write it down and you start thinking, 
maybe you write down a story of your past and you refeel that emotion again. It's really fucking powerful. And so if you have an idea for a book, definitely go out and write one. I think that anybody who has an idea, um, I think that they should try. I think it's rewarding to write a book. I think that it's something that you can pass on, you know, to your, to your friends, your family, you can, your children, you know, one day we'll see your book. I think it's really special. I think it's really powerful. And, um, and just for whatever value it does hold, I do love the title, the way of holistic strength and the, the subtitle becoming the uncommon man. I like that too. That, that resonates a lot. So I do like the title. And uh, I think it was chapter two. You talked about the primal masculinity and that was like, I, I really like that one. I know I mentioned that already, but I really liked that one. That was a really powerful, just those two words. I was like, man, that's, that's fucking good right there. But I also like the cover that you have on that. Um, that's really cool. So um, if, if you guys don't, follow Robert on social media yet he's known as the holistic renegade on Instagram so definitely give him a follow and keep an eye out for when he releases his book he's a yogi by heart and by head so he's going to release it whenever he feels like it so just (laughs) just keep an eye out for that and when it's the right time it'll be out there and he knows that and that's why he's going to do it that way so definitely keep an eye out for that I know I'm excited about it I'm definitely going to get it I'm definitely going to read it and uh and I'm probably going to share a bunch of it too, because I think it's awesome that someone else that I know um, is putting a book out there. So I'm excited about that. And uh, and our paths are pretty similar. You competed, but you were a competitive power lifter. What, what were your lifts that you competed in? Like what, what I did was... Olympic lifting. Oh, okay. I did Olympic lifting. So it was clean and jerk and snatch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen some of the old videos that, that you would share once in a while, you know, prior to prior to finding yoga it's and you still you still lift right you still do power still lifting lift. yeah that's what still i thought lift, i think it's an essential thing for anyone who is living in the masculine polarity anybody who is being in that strength protect provide uh encourage path you have to be able to be strong yeah. you have to be strong you have to be able to move things if i want to if I have a friend who's like, hey, can you help me move? I want to be able to go do that and be competent at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so important. I don't lift as much as I used to. I used to live five to six days a week. I do it twice a week now. The other days, yoga, conditioning work, following what my body asks. What do you need yeah. today, body? Should we strength train? Okay, yeah, we will. <laughs> I, I love what you just did there, too. Um I, I probably won't release the video, but um, will you describe what you just did there on the how my body feels today with your fingers? Yes, you, uh, this is one of the things that I teach instead of uh, men's yoga transformation. Uh, I don't teach it in the book because it's it's hard to, to do if you can't. It, just reading it doesn't make sense, but if you're listening, yeah. eventually you don't have to do body checks anymore to get a yeah. clear yes or no. Eventually you can go to your heart ask the question you're going to get a very distinct feeling of an upwelling of energy or a sinking into your gut but if you don't have that what you can do is you can take your middle finger to your middle finger to your thumb you make a little circle and it doesn't have to be crushing it as hard as you possibly can but just do it lightly and then with your other hand you can make a little another little circle and and interlace it with that one it's kind of like the little magic rings uh magic trick and you're just going to pull against that circle. You're not going to let yourself break it, but you're going to see how much pressure would it take you to break this, right? And then you're doing that now, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you can ask yourself a question because you want to be able to get a clear yes or no from your body because your body will not, it cannot tell a lie. Can't do it. Yeah which is important in a tribal situation if somebody's hiding something. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, putting putting the tribe at risk. So what you're going to do, you already know what it feels like to stay solid there. You're just going to say your name. Say, my name is Robert Bill. I'm going to pull. Okay, it's solid. <sighs> then what I'm going to say is, my name is Kyle Walker. I'm going to pull. And I get a totally different, all of a sudden that ring breaks. Ring breaks is a different response. So. You feel a difference between yes and no. Now, if you don't feel that, I've had clients that experience this, it means you're probably in that alexithemia mode where you're you're used to shutting down your emotions. You're used to disconnecting or becoming disembodied, getting away from your body. 
Once you feel that though, once you can feel the difference between a yes and no, it might be really drastic. Like for me, it might be really, uh, it might be really pronounced. It might be really subtle. Then you can ask questions like, okay, buddy, show me a yes. Hmm. And you can pull, thank you. Clear, say thanks. Then you can say, okay, buddy, show me a no. You get a very clear answer. Then you can ask things like, I should strength train today. <laughs> right, yeah, cool. All right, buddy, we're gonna do that. Or I should eat this pizza. No, definitely not. That's how you start to listen to your body again as a man, but also as any anybody, wherever you are, if you're a unicorn, that's how you can do it too. <laughs> I don't have thumbs, but <laughs> that's one simple way to start reconnecting to your body's sensations, your feelings, and your inner compass. Yeah. Becoming uncommon. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I think that's really... That's really something. So how do you walk people through? Um, they're at that point where they don't even understand how to feel their own emotions. Like what's the first step when you're working with clients like that? Breathe. Yeah, just breathe. <laughs> breathe, just <laughs> shut up, close your eyes and just sit here for a minute. And then where do you feel things inside your body? Right now I feel pressure in my heart okay how heavy is that pressure is it heavy is it light how big is it you had to describe it big or small is it bright dark the color a lot of times people are like i don't know i don't know Mm -hmm. I'm like, just, just, you know, I'm going to share, I'll, I'll just share with you what I'm feeling. And if you feel so inspired, <laughs> you don't feel embarrassed, share it with me. Yeah. That's the beginning. But then I also, I also offer infographics in the book. And when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, I give that to them. I'll send them a screenshot and I say, fill this out, send it back to me. You've got one. First thing that I start with is, is really level one is the inner weather report. It's just a circle. At the top left, you got stormy weather. It's like, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. The bottom left, you've got cloudy weather. It's like, I'm sad, feeling helpless. Top right, you've got sunshiny weather. Like, I'm feeling happy, joyful, inspired. The bottom right, you've got clear day weather. It's, you know, I'm feeling content feeling peaceful, I'm feeling calm. The ones at the top are much higher energy. The ones at the bottom are much lower energy. Mm -hmm. Off to the left, where those negative emotions are, those are more cortisol and stress-driven. Yes. Off to the right, they're more DHEA, which is hormone precursor-driven. So one, you get to just get used to sending me or sending yourself, because I can make this accessible for you guys too, uh, a little... You put a little X on on the on the chart. Here's where I was this last week. Cool. I was feeling really angry this week. And then you put a little star like, hey, here's where I want to go. I want to be calm and content. Draw a little arrow. That's step one for, for starting to feel these things. Maybe you're not ready to like go in and be like, I feel like my heart is a blooming flower right now. <laughs> uh, but you start with that. And then you ask the most important question, which is, hmm, one, what has led me to feel this way this week? What's been going on? And two, what actions can I take to move towards where I want to go? Yeah. So That's acknowledging and integrating. Yeah. Acknowledging, yeah. communicating it to yourself, mm -hmm. and then taking action on it. Yeah. Moving from inaction to action. And then if you're like, hey, that's really cool, then I have a whole emotion wheel that flipped on its side, goes on top of the inner weather report, and all of a sudden you got 40 different emotions you could pick from. And then you get really specific. You're like, wow, I didn't realize, I was, realize that I was feeling triumphant. Cool. <laughs> Here, here's what yeah. that feels like in my body. Then you start to become uh, really adept at emotional language, communicating that. Mm -hmm. And also you can feel those things coming up before they take you over, because, before they come energy in motion, because emotions possess you. Yeah. Every emotion that comes up comes along with particular thoughts, words, actions that are only accessible in that emotion when you're angry you're not going to lead with love 
That's just not what's going to happen because you're possessed by the anger. But if you can take a step back and be like, I'm feeling it. I'm not possessed by it. And you can go into your self-leadership techniques, your breath work, your movement, whatever it is. Then you can be constructive rather than destructive with your emotions. Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good way to start. Basically ground yourself, figure out who you are, where you are, what the fuck you're doing, what you're feeling, and then start working from there. And that's like we said in the beginning, the primal masculinity, that's just, that's the start. The start is just realizing what you're going through. That's kind of like AA, right? You got, you got to admit the problem first. (laughs) You have to admit your house is on fire before you try to put it out you could just try and put it out if it's not on fire that's a little problem too but you have to be like wow my house is on fire what kind of fire is it let's use the appropriate way to extinguish it (laughs) ah yeah what kind of fire is this electrical Mm -hmm. fire is this yeah yeah Ah, yeah, there you go how do i optimally react to that but that's what getting in touch with your emotions is and the primal masculine is like i feel rage right now and allowing it to exist, mm-hmm. but not allowing it to possess you. Yes. Using yes. that, transforming it. That's what alchemy is. Turning lead into gold, transforming that negative emotion into positive movement yeah. and change in your life. You can create beautiful things with anger, but you have to understand how to work with that fire first. Otherwise, you're going to get burned. And if you ignore it, then your whole house is going to burn down. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like you said in the beginning, like the like Jordan Peterson always refers to the, you know, you have a monster inside you. That's your dark side. You know, it's there and you're never going to kill it. You can't. It, it exists inside you from the time you're born until the time you die. What you need to do is learn how to manage that, control it and use that monster to your own advantage. Use it when you need to. If something happens as the provider and protector, if you need to protect your family you better know how to use that monster in the right way because you can't be using it because somebody spilled water on the floor and that's more often than not when people use their monster (laughs) you can't flip over a table at a restaurant because there's bees (laughs) and your wife's afraid of that that was me you can't do that so is that a true story yeah oh no i i I kind of want to hear this Before I began all my self-regulation, my wife and I were dating. We went on a Galena romantic getaway. She was afraid of bees. We had a, a drink. I was angry because there are bees around her. And so I was like, I'm going to kill these bees. And I ended up knocking the table over and spilling our food out over. So, oh, like, don't uh, be that guy. Don't, don't be, so. be that guy. Uh, Learn how to regulate your own emotions. <laughs> yeah, I like how you mentioned in your book, like, you know, you, you let stuff go and then you wind up punching a hole in the wall. The same thing, you wind up flipping a table over because you're not exactly sure. You know you need to do something. Something needs to be flown. It needs to flow through you, that energy needs to go into motion and flow through you, but you don't have control of that monster yet. So you flip a table, you punch a hole in the wall and, uh, and it, and then you just end up patching it. You have to clean up that mess, all the dishes, all the food. Then you have to deal with the stress that that caused afterwards. You have to deal with the fight. Like you have to deal with the whole thing. There, there's a whole progress that if you did just handle the monster in the proper way, it would have never been a problem in the first place, but most of us don't know how to control that monster. I spent a decade or so of my life. I'm still learning how to control the monster. There's because the monster inside you, when it has control, it has control. It's strong. It's powerful. And you know, your your Marvel character, the Hulk. If you don't know how to control that beast, then it's just going to destroy things. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if as if you not even have to control it because it's still repression at that point. You're still like suppressing this fundamental part of you, this wild man. And there's everything inside of you. Everything, even the terrible things are inside of you. But it's oh, acknowledging that they're there, giving them a task, just like a little kid. You say, don't do this thing. They're going to they're gonna do it. Absolutely. Because you brought their awareness to it. But instead, if you're like, hey, I wonder if you, you know, I thank you for being here, one. I understand that you came about this way, this anger to protect you as a kid. You know, you moved a lot as a kid, me. Uh, you didn't make a lot of friends. And the friends that you did make were, were 
very few and other people made fun of you a lot on the bus. And so your anger was a way to protect yourself. Yeah. And you became a metalhead because it was threatening. It's scary. People aren't going to mess with you when you look like that. I thank you for being here. I understand yeah. how you protected me. I wonder if we can use your skills for this. Can you help me with this? I'm here to love you and tell you that you're safe and yeah. ask you the question, why are you feeling threatened right now? And I'm the adult. I'm going to help fix that thing. And I wonder if you, know, you could focus on that instead, rather than locking those inner parts up, can we direct their energies? I like that. I like that analogy better. Else. Yeah, I like they're that like, better. Yeah. They're like scared little kids inside of us. That's all. That's yeah. all it is. It's just protecting somehow. Yeah, use them for good. I like that. Yeah. Oh, hello, beautiful. We have a guest. Hey. <laughs> hello. I say hello. No, I, I like that analogy a lot better about not repressing it, but using it, utilizing the skills, because there are skills in that. Every trauma, everything that we developed emotionally because of things that happened to us, they were built to protect us. And in a way, they served us, even if only temporarily, those things did serve us. And so I like that. Instead of repressing it, utilizing it, I like that a lot. Yeah, so Rob, where where can people find you? I know that um, Caitlin and I, I mean, obviously we own a yoga studio. Um, so there's a lot of people I think that would be really interested in what you have to say. Um, probably follow you and, and listen to you and hopefully be excited about your book as well. So where can people find you? Instagram is the main hub, the holistic renegade. You can find me that way. And from there, you can just check out my links. I run breathwork every single Sunday at 11.15 a.m. Central Standard Time. So if you're like, I just need a stress reset, come in. It's going to be the stress reset you need. Uh, and then everything else is accessible from there. You can find my Substack at holisticrenegade.substack.com. Just go to Instagram though, because you'll find it there if you want to catch up on the book or be a part of that editing process. If you're, or if you're like, hey, I'd love to become an editor, <laughs> you, know, you could <laughs> hop in there and offer your feedback and maybe uh, become an actual editor in, yeah. within the book. So find me that way. Instagram, Holistic Renegade. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tag you in everything, of course, obviously. And I'll put that in the show notes as well, the Holistic Renegade. And as I put together the show notes, I just want to make sure, like you're a yoga teacher. You're also a Reiki. Are you a Reiki master? Nope. Okay. Reiki level two, one step oh, okay. away from master. Okay. But do, Reiki do you, practitioner as well. Do you plan on getting the master? Do you plan on going all the way? At some point, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will when it's time. Yeah. yeah, everything that I do in my life at this point comes from this place. And if you can't see me, I'm pointing at the center of my chest from my heart. I I don't have to do manual muscle testing anymore. I can ask, you know, is this time for me to do this? Uh, and it'll tell me. It'll tell me when. Yeah, that just... and I'm, go I'm going to go down the path of full-blown Swami at some point, too. <laughs> uh, that's what everybody asked me once I finished yoga teacher training. They're like, you did MTT here. Uh, and I was like, I think I want to do Swami. And my my instructor Swami Prananda was like yeah I'm, I'm pumping the brakes with my hand right now <laughs> what so what is what does that mean what is like to go full Swami what is that there's a lot there's it's a it's a full-blown conversation for us yeah. essentially you're a yogic priest at that uh, point okay you're, you're a yogic priest at that point okay so that's uh, like people get like the intro to their name is like Swami whatever so this is mm -hmm. this is like a like a theology type of type of training is that what i'm understanding you're gonna you're gonna go deep on the path yeah like almost monk like or not quite that far that you're gonna go deep on that path oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay right yeah. on oh that's you're gonna awesome. be yeah in your daily life you can be you and your in your yoga life you are you are the the guru the guru so. ah. now is that where the guru comes in front of names is that part of that or is this is it different no, I, you know, guru for me is much more about an energy. Okay, it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like achieving enlightenment. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, like right. achieving enlightenment. You, you gain a, a certain a title when you do that. Uh, when you achieve enlightenment, you achieve that, that union state. You have breakthrough. And also guru is much more of a teacher energy. Guru, the actual translation of it is a uh, light bringer. Oh, so okay. it can be anyone who sheds light if you want to use a liberal interpretation of it. Yeah. Uh, but also 
there's a lot of Instagram gurus out there yeah. uh, who are not very centered people. And there's also a lot, there have been a lot of gurus, quote unquote, that have existed that uh, are not very good people. So yeah. yeah, the term has been overused for sure. It's an overused term, but really it's a, it's a spiritual teacher, a bringer of light. I think the, the best guru I can think of is Jesus. Yeah, and yeah, that's absolutely. what he was. He was absolutely. a yogi through and through. He was living the life of bhakti yoga, the heart center. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's strong, man. I, I like that leading with the heart. That's a that's a phase of life I'm into. It's just chest forward and not in the bravado type of way, but just leading with the heart. Leading with the heart. I like that a lot. So, for anyone that missed it, you can find. Mr. Robert Bill Jr. at the Holistic Renegade on Instagram. And he's got all of his links for everything else he's got going on. So tune in for his breath work. Pay attention for that book coming out. It's going to be really exciting. And uh, just give him a follow. Give him a like. Get on the Instagram. Instagram is a great place to, it really is a great place to network. I was really against it for a long time, but that's where you and I met. Um, I've met some really good friends um, who've, who've become brothers to me from Instagram. So in a, in a way, I am grateful for that social network. <laughs> but awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up right there, man. It was a great conversation.